Nick. Yeah, because everyone, uh, everyone I've heard goes it. by Nick. <laughs> like my my family calls me Nikola or Nija, but everyone calls me Nick. Yeah, I'm, yeah. So just Nick. Yeah. I, I like Nick. I like nice I like, and simple. Okay, so my mic is still low, but I think I'm just gonna have to talk louder. Okay. Mm -hmm. We got to do with what we got. <laughs> All good, man. Um, so we're live. We're not live. We're, we're rolling. That's good. Here with uh, Nick. Congratulations! Thank you, you recently transferred to Northeastern University, yes, sir. Um, how did the transfer process come about? How was it, you know the feeling for you? You spent quite a bit of time in Notre Dame, so it must have been some thought into it before you had to pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to come back to Notre Dame my fifth year yeah. because school was always an important factor um, to any of my decisions, and they have a great MBA program mm -hmm. at Notre Dame, and I wanted to go back and complete that my fifth year. And then after my fifth season, when I heard I was going to get another year back because of COVID, I thought maybe coming back to Notre Dame, but everything that I wanted to do at ND, I accomplished. And I wanted to go to a school that, you know, valued me a little more as a player and somewhere where I could contribute more than I was at Notre Dame. And Northeastern, I knew the coach from high school and I thought it was a perfect fit. And so it just, just made sense after five years at Notre Dame. So you didn't, you, you went to an ambitious program. Yep. Like, uh, and I, I mean school-wise, academically. Yes. How is balancing course load like that, which is like, you know, smart people struggle through yeah, yeah, just yeah. the school yeah. part, so the student-athlete part? It's, I mean, it was tough at first. You have to get adjusted. Notre Dame did a great job of putting people around me that helped me, academic yeah. advisors. The teachers kind of know the athletes, especially football and basketball players, because they have the most demanding schedules. Yeah. Um, and they're really okay with, you know, extending some due dates or giving a little more leeway when it comes to, you know, submitting things. Um, but as long as you manage your time well, you can, I mean, pretty much most of the guys on the team are in the business program, which I was in, and it's decently demanding and everyone's getting through it. So definitely doable. What are you looking forward to at Northeastern this year? Uh, you talked about an expanded role, obviously. Yeah. But. yeah. Um, I mean, at Notre Dame, I had my chances early on in my career, my freshman, sophomore year. Didn't play too well. And ever since then, I kind of stuck in a role of like a shooter or kind of a role player. And I had a very short leash when it came to my coach. So I couldn't really experiment and show the things I could do with my game because I had such short opportunities to show myself. And if I messed up, I would get yanked pretty quickly. Yeah. And here at Northeastern, you know, I'm in an expanded role. I'm going to be playing major minutes. I'm going to be a key contributor. Plays are going to be drawn around me. So it's, to it's a totally different atmosphere and vibe for me as right. a player, which is hopefully going to help me show my full game to, you know, scouts and preparing for the next level. I, I was looking at the roster for Northeastern. I got it up again. I'm going to yep. scroll through it because you got some... Just interesting storylines. You have a former teammate with you from Notre Dame. Yes, Chris. Yep. Chris, not yep. going to try that last name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Canadians as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I, th I think I saw Quebec in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a couple Canadians. I think we have five or six in total. You got a guy from Milton, Oakville. It's a little Canadian reunion party, another Montreal. Mm -hmm. So, um, have you had a chance to interact with your teammates at all? You have an interesting dynamic there with so many Canadians. Yep former teammates yeah I mean all great kids they're younger a lot younger than yeah. these guys. it's a little it's a little weird I feel like like I'm a much older guy on the team but they're all great guys two of them went played with um Z in the IBSA program which mm -hmm. I was a part of so they're, they're very similar oh, we're getting to yeah, that. They're very, <laughs> similar, very similar play styles dynamics and and you know the way they see the game the other Canadians I just met them here for summer school but they're also great kids all play the right way and you know I think it's gonna be a great experience yeah no because I'm I'm, I'm looking up and down I don't know if that's a typical you know, yeah, D1 no. roster. That's, our, that's a our, lot of our coach was messing around. He said we might have to play the Canadian anthem before the game. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, and um, just going through some of. Uh, actually, let, let's address because you, you already mentioned that you're an older guy. Yeah. I want to address this the time, just the timeline for mm -hmm. a minute. Redshirt first year. Yes. 
four at ND. Four at ND. Right, you had a senior night game. Yep. yep. I want to talk about that in a second. Sure, no problem. And now you get a year back because of COVID. Yep. So it's my I'm going into my sixth year of, of college, but yeah. my fifth year of playing. Yeah. So is it getting old? Is it, you find new challenges or? Yeah, I mean that that was also weighted on the decision of leaving Notre Dame because right. I was there for such a long time, and anyone who can anyone who's been in college knows that even yeah. four years is a lot. So I wanted a change of scenery and something completely different to kind of like make it new and more exciting. Um, I mean, it's just how my journey panned out. You know, I didn't yeah. think I was going to be staying in college for six years, but you know, ultimately, this is what I have to do for my career, and you know, it is what it is. It may, it's a little old, but it's it's also this new program at Northeastern, and the whole dynamic is exciting, so it's a little fresh and fast paced. And what are you going to remember most fondly about ND? Because I know you had ups and downs, but let's focus yeah. on the positives. The thing I remember most fondly in Notre Dame, I think it's just to be honest. I mean, it's a cliche answer, but the guys I met, you know, yeah. some of my teammates are going to be brothers for life and I you know some of them I talk to almost every day even now that were you know out of school um some of the memories I mean even if some of the games that I wasn't playing a lot I had to, I got to experience you know games at Michigan State Duke North Carolina we won the Maui Invitational yeah. like these iconic tournaments you know that you dream of playing when you're growing up in and I was you know I was playing them and participating in them so it was it was a great experience you know and I wish that for any basketball player growing up I think last year your schedule first three games yeah Kentucky Hector yep yep um as someone that actually played Duke last year, yep. um, bizarre season, mm -hmm. I guess, for them. Um, how, how do you see – do you think that program is going to keep its allure post-Coach Pitt? I think it will. I mean, Duke, Duke goes so much beyond their history. I think it's just players now. The way they market their program, the schedules they make, the, the influence they have, it's just so much of a draw for young mm -hmm. kids coming up. Um, it definitely, and I mean, the crowd, the atmosphere is always electric. It's insane. It's it's definitely somewhere where a player wants to play. Um, mm -hmm. And I think with Coach K being gone, not much changes. I know they announced John Shire is going to yeah. fill in his role. And I mean, I don't know much about him, but from what I've heard, he seems like an amazing coach and he'll definitely fill in the role very well. Yeah. So let's, I like doing a timeline with the Canadian guys. I say it every time I got mm -hmm. no any Hoopers on the program. But this is the first time I'm going to go before they were born, because I was looking into your bio a little bit, and uh, your parents actually have a, I assume, an incredible story. It yes, says, yes. move from the former Yugoslavia to Ontario to escape the Yugoslavian war yes. throughout the 90s. What have yep. you heard uh, from your parents' experiences? I mean, every time they talk about it, they get all you know choked up and teary-eyed because they literally had to leave you know their family and mm -hmm. their friends to you know go elsewhere and hope so a better life. I mean, from the stuff that I've heard, it's just brutal. It's, it's a war, you know, mm -hmm. countries being torn apart, and it was awful. My parents were kind of forced. My, my parents mm -hmm. were kind of forced to pivot and make a decision to leave, and they went to a whole new country. Didn't know the language. Didn't have any money. No friends. It would be like you just plopping yourself somewhere in I don't know China. Mm -hmm. And it's it was it was they they explained it as a surreal experience, good and bad, but ultimately it paid off. And now me and my sister are able to have you know luxuries that my parents couldn't even dream of. So it's incredible to think of, right? So my parents are from Egypt, Alexandria, yeah. Egypt, mm -hmm. and you know they had a life just like I have a life here in Canada. Yep. And you have to pack up and go because you see writing on the wall, or you see, I I cannot under appreciate or I can't I don't think. I don't know what the right way to say it. I very much appreciate it. Yeah, it's the, it's it's the courage they had the, the, to, to make that kind of move and, and do that for us. At such a young age, my parents came over here when they were like 20, 21. I mean, I, yeah. I, I was in school. <laughs> I mean, I barely had any responsibilities two, three years ago. And they were here moving to another country to try and, you know, and the two kids. I mean, I can't even imagine. It's just, it was just a different time. I'm proud of them for doing it. And, you right. know, 
is what it is. I called it a move when I started going to McMaster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I was just totally was, different. I was still yeah. like, oh, I'm like, I'm like yeah, I'm, I'm at Mac now, I'm commuting. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, very appreciative of that. So let's go through your basketball timeline now. So from what I heard, under-recruited probably most of your high school career. Yep. And there's a very special coach, Z, yes. Z, 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 yep. Coach Z. Yeah. Z. I want to call him Z. Mm-hmm. Um, take us through the timeline a little bit. Uh, where did when? Well, coming from where you came from, like your your parents' background stuff. When was basketball even introduced to you? Did your parents play? Um, my dad did, but just like casually, he was more into soccer. Serbians are always known for soccer and basketball. Mm-hmm. Those are two sports. And as soon as I came to Canada, my dad didn't play any sports at the time. He's right. he was an athletic guy, but he didn't play anywhere at a high level. And I just, as a kid, you know, just regularly growing up, started playing house league soccer, house league basketball, and I started gaining a passion for it. I played both sports pretty competitively all the way to like 14, 15, yeah. and then I switched to... How tall are you at 15? Ooh, I was short. I had a very, really? yeah, a, coming into high school, so ninth grade, I was 5'8", five, 5'8", eight, five, eight, five, right around there, yeah. And then my ninth grade to 10th grade summer... I went from like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, to 6'3", in one summer. Yeah, okay, basketball. And then I was like, soccer all of a sudden got really hard, and basketball yeah. got a lot easier. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and then right around 8th, ninth grade is when I met Z, mm-hmm. who, is, who used to play pro overseas, came to Canada to try and build a basketball academy, and me and a couple of my friends were his first kind of like subject group of, of like kids that he trained, and, and he trained us all the way from... A lot of eighth, Serbians in that team, too. A lot of Serbians, full Serbian team. Yeah. Um, and he trained me all the way from 8th grade, ninth grade, to actually now, whenever I come home, I'm still always trained with him, and yeah. you know, we're really good friends, so... I, I was with Coach Z this morning, and I know he's going to watch this. Open yep. invitation. That's your seat next, <laughs> <you> okay? <laughs> but um, I, I hear great things about him, yeah. and I, I hear tough things about mm-hmm. him as well. What's the Coach Z experience like? He's just one of the most real dudes that you'll come across. Like, training-wise, he'll never, he'll never, you know, be, like, he always, he has the, he has the utmost respect for his players. Mm-hmm. And so he gives them the truth no matter what the truth may be. Like, whether you are in the NBA, whether you are, you know, barely making your high school team, he will always tell you the truth and tell you the things you need to hear in order to be a better basketball player. And he never sugarcoats it, but he's but he's real, and that's what people respect about him. You know, a lot of trainers nowadays don't kind of tell players the full story or use players to market their own things. But Z just always cared about pure development, and you know that's what I always felt with him, and that's why I stayed with him ever since eighth grade. Yeah, and you, and you talk about you know high school players, pro players, NBA players. You had everything on that that team. Oh yeah, yeah. Go go through the roster a little bit. What's what's the alumni? Yeah, we had so you know I ended up playing in Notre Dame. Fiondu's the ended up playing at Florida State, and now he's playing in the NBA. Yeah. Steph went to UMass Lowell, and now he's coaching here. We had a couple other guys. Ivan Chuchuk, who was a seven footer, he ended up going to Austin Pay in Texas. Yeah. Now he's at Carleton. Had a bunch of other players who all played CIS. I mean, it was it was a stacked roster of really tall, mm-hmm. really really smart Serbian dudes. So it was good. And. What were the sticking points of that year? Because you're now you're in your team. Was this? You said you, you went in grade eight. Yep. And I know you had a late development, but yep. you had a great, great team. Mm-hmm. What was it like training with you know guys in that trajectory? But even Fiondu, like, and we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Like he, it didn't seem like he was on the NBA track. Yep. Until later on as well. So, yep. I mean, like what's in the, <laughs> what's in Coach Z's water? Like how, how what happened that year? What, what was the 
growth like? Yeah, he always has the saying, like, if I yell at you and if I'm on you, it's because I believe in you. And yeah. there was always two guys. I mean, you ask any of the players that played in our team. Me and Fiondu got it the worst from Zeke. Like, <laughs> he would bench us. He wouldn't play us. I, my eighth, ninth, tenth grade on the AU team was mm-hmm. Z. I didn't play, like, a minute. It wasn't like I would get in and, like, mm-hmm. I didn't play at all. Like, I just mm-hmm. I wasn't playing, touching the floor. Same with Fiondu. Yeah. Um, and he would always get on us for the littlest things that he wasn't telling other players. Like, it was just super, like, annoying, to be honest. I, I, when I first met him, I didn't know what he was doing. I thought he hated me. Uh, and then we had these training sessions four times a week with the whole team outside of team practices where we really kind of grinded, worked hard together, and it helped you get better as a player. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, I started realizing, like, oh, wow, now I'm starting to get a little better. And, mm-hmm. you know, the dudes that were playing ahead of me now aren't playing anymore. And it was just, like, a slow rise to, mm-hmm. you know, being one of the better players on the team. It's the same with Fiondu. And we just took off from there. So, You take a trip to Athletes Institute, yep. I believe, yep. Orangeville team. Um, what was that team like? I believe Thonmaker is yep. Yep. on that team. Yes, yes, him and his brother. Yeah. So, uh, going to Orangeville, when did the opportunity come about and um, how was the experiences? Yeah, just my senior year at Saltfleet, which was uh, my local high school in Stony Creek. My um, I got reached out to by a guy named Brandon Lashes Lasovsky. I always mess up his last name, but he he was the head coach of AI at the time, a new program. So in, in Orangeville, they have Orangeville Prep and Athlete Institute Prep. Mm-hmm. Athlete Institute Prep was a program for fifth year guys and like kind of like an older program. He reached out to me, said he was interested, came to a game, liked me, offered me there on the spot. And I understood that playing at a local high school in Hamilton, I don't have nearly as much exposure as I would at a prep school. And especially with a player like Thon, who was at that time, you know, national attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came to Athens Institute and that was my first experience of being like a pro. I didn't go to school that much. Mm-hmm. I trained, I'm going to say five, six hours a day for like mm-hmm. eight months. I made, I made a huge change in my body. I went from like 175 pounds to 205 pounds mm-hmm. in like six, seven months. I was working out all the time, and that's when I ended up getting all my major looks for, for Division One. So, w- were you promised a role at Athletes Institute? Yeah, yeah, okay. I was gonna, I was gonna be, I was gonna be a main guy. So, how much of uh, the decision was based on like the gravity of the situation, being at Orangeville, being with a guy like Thon, but you, I mean, you got a role as well. So, it just seems like the perfect storm for you. Yeah, I mean, and to touch on that, I think nowadays with so many prep schools mm-hmm. and you know coaches offering kids spots for insane amounts of money. I feel like kids just do anything to go play prep. And I honestly probably would have stayed at Southfleet if it wasn't for the fact that the school offered me a huge role mm-hmm. and I was on scholarship. And right. so it was, it's a different scenario for me where I, I left my high school, but for a program that, that knew I, where I knew I was going to be valued. Right. You know, where nowadays I feel like kids just kind of go play prep to play prep and they're, they go if they're, if they're not promised any minutes, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just, it's a different story. But for me, for me, you know, I, I knew I was going to be a valued member of the team. So. Yeah, the the average sixteen year old now has just a way different, oh, yeah. I guess, experience. Totally than different environment. Yeah. You would have had, and that the guys before them had. It's just, but the thing is, even when because I'm with you, I would I would love for high school basketball to be the scene. Mm-hmm. Nelson versus Corpus Christi. Nelson versus yeah, yeah. your high school in Hamilton to be the scene, but now it gets expensive. Everyone's going to prep. Yeah. Um and. For good or for bad, the eyeballs are in prep now. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's tough for me to say how I'd react if I was growing up nowadays because yeah. I don't know what decisions I'd make. But I knew back then. I mean, I, I always just I didn't I didn't feel the need to keep leaving from programs that I was at. The only reason I, like I said, left is because it was a perfect situation for me. I was going to be a main guy, and I was playing with someone who had national presence and was going to be able to draw coaches. So. 
I think just for kids nowadays, they need to be able to, you know, make smart decisions and not just focus on the fact of being prepped because everyone else is going prep. So. Yeah, it's an incredible situation. And, yeah. um, so when does Notre Dame enter the picture? So my, um, so I start at the Institute my fifth year of yeah. high school. And so prep, prep schools usually have these things called open runs in the beginning of September. And that's when all the coaches can come in and you just play five on five in front of all of them. And I had offers at that time from a bunch of schools, but they weren't high major. It was like Princeton, Penn, Northeastern, um, a bunch of other ones I can't remember, but they were all like kind of lower level schools. Mm -hmm. And these open runs started and the head coach of Notre Dame, Mike Bray, who's head coach now, came to watch Thon because they were high on his list. Yeah. And he came to the run and he was impressed by me because I played well at the same time, talked to me right after the run. He was like, don't commit to anyone. Like, just wait a little bit. Like, we're, we're very interested in you. He ended up offering me like four or five days later. And after Notre Dame offered me, it's usually how it works. After yeah. a big school offers you, all of a sudden other big schools yeah, start rolling right. in. And then after Notre Dame's offer, I started just getting high major after high major. And it was it was pretty much in like a two, three week span. Anything so. enti as enticing as Notre Dame? Obviously, you just choose Notre Dame, but yeah, um, who else came in? Honestly, I mean, big school like Tennessee, UNLV, yeah. a bunch of big names came in, but I, I always I always felt like some of those schools came in just because I was getting other high major offers, right? right? And Notre Dame was the first school to kind of like risk offering right. me, even though I wasn't a high major guy. And so I kind of felt like they really valued me, and that's why I ultimately ended up choosing going to that school over other high majors that offer. So how do, how does the prep scene, or how at least your experience at the Athlete Institute, prepare guys for the roles that they see them at, right? Because you just said you weren't a high major guy. Yeah. Is that a conversation you have coming into the program or how do they prepare you for- At Athlete Institute? At Athlete Institute, and maybe we can project it a little bit. Yeah. Um, how they prepare you, I mean, you, I was lucky enough, so Thon has a mentor, Ed Smith, and yeah. he was, he dealt with basketball at all kinds of levels. And to be honest, at the same time while I was at the Institute, even though I wasn't training with Z anymore, I always kept in contact with him. So I had player, I had people in my circle who played basketball at a very high level and knew basketball at a very high level. And they always kept it real with me and explained to me, you know, how college works, how I need to approach things, how they'll deal with me, you know what I mean? Things like that. So going into Notre Dame, I don't, I don't, I don't think necessarily at the Institute did anything in particular because their whole goal was to have the best possible season at, in mm -hmm. high school. But some of these people that I had in my corner, they were the ones who really kind of guided me and, and helped me you know, understand how college is gonna work. And well, obviously it works out. Yep. You get the, the big time offer from Notre Dame that you accept. I'm trying to think about how I wanna frame this next question. Mm -hmm. So from the chatter that I hear about you, yep. I know we touched on it, but I wanna dive in a little bit deeper with kind of the struggles you had, you know, pre-Athlete Institute, and I guess, I don't think it's fair to say they replicate themselves at the first couple of years in Notre Dame, but it mm -hmm. kind of feels that way from, you know, an observer point yep. of view. How, how low did it get? How high does it get? Like, how, what, was you, what was the roller coaster like for you in yeah. terms of, I, I want to stress that because you end up in Notre Dame, but that wasn't the trajectory maybe in ninth, 10th grade. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, ninth, 10th grade was, was really rough for me. Um, you know, was, at high school, I was always playing well, like yeah. softly, I mean, but they, that was lower level basketball. Right. When I played with, with the AU program and wasn't playing, it was very hard to, you know, mm -hmm. see all my friends getting major minutes, playing well and me, you know, sitting on the bench. And at times I definitely did think about quitting basketball. 
Um, but I worked hard, I stuck with it, and ultimately, you know, I ended up doing better than a lot of players who were playing ahead of me. Um, Notre Dame is a little different story because I got there, and I think, you know, looking back on it, you, I, I don't regret going there, but I regret the mindset and the approach that I took when I got there. I think I was so enamored and happy with the fact that a school like Notre Dame offered me that I got complacent and kind of basically thought like, oh, I made it. Like once I got to Notre Dame, yeah. amazing school, amazing education, amazing basketball program, back-to-back -back elite eights. Like mm -hmm. I, I made it. Like, you know what I mean? This is where I'm supposed to be. And that kind of got me in a mindset where I, I just felt like happy to be there. And I wasn't aggressive. I wasn't attacking. I wasn't, you know, doing things, doing mm -hmm. playing the way I'm playing because I just thought I was like, I was complacent with, with being where I was. And then you know, at that level, all these guys on your team are chasing, you know, NBA dreams and, and they're dogs. You're playing against dogs. Mm -hmm. And if they sense you not being confident or you, you know, not grinding like they are, like, they'll, they'll come after you. They'll attack right. you, right? And then just as easy as it is to be a conf get confidence, it's yeah. just as easy to lose that confidence. Right. And, and I think I lost a major, like, level of confidence my freshman, sophomore year. And, and once you lose that as a player, it's tough to gain it back because the coaches view you differently mm -hmm. and you yourself just play the game, you know, in a different manner than you, than you usually play. So I think, I think that's kind of what happened to me. Was there an inflection point where you flip back? When does the confidence start coming back? Yeah, I think um, this fifth year was really great for me because yeah. I started getting major minutes again. I wasn't, I started starting near like halfway through the season, but I, every game I was playing around like 20, 25 minutes and I mm -hmm. had some big games, you know, I had a couple 18. And starting to cut you off, this, this is following, um, I believe, was it the year before your minutes dipped a lot? Yeah, yeah. So my junior year I had three really good games at 21 points, nine points, and like 12 points, and yeah. then I injured my shoulder. So okay. I had shoulder surgery. Okay. And then I was out for the rest of the year. And then I, so this happened end of my junior year. And so start of my senior year, I was back from my shoulder injury, but my coach was just adamant about not playing me. I mean, I thought I could have helped the team a lot yeah. that senior year, but I played barely anything. It was my senior year. Um, which was tough, but then, you know, this fifth year we lost a lot of major guys. I ended up playing many minutes and, you know, I played very well throughout the entire season. I was really consistent um, and it kind of gave me a confidence boost that I needed to set me up for this, you know, final great season I'm going to have at Northeastern, so. And you're, you're dropping me off at a good point because mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you what kind of goals do you have for this year at Northeastern? Um, what are you bringing new to the table this year that you maybe haven't shown in the last couple of years? Like what have you been working on? Yeah. What's new? Coming out of high school, or yeah, going into college, coming out of high school, I was more of a guard, very mm -hmm. versatile guard, could drive, could mm -hmm. pass, could shoot, you know, a little bit of everything. As I got to Notre Dame and my role switched and, you know, my minutes deferred, I would, I ended up kind of being like a spot-up shooter. That was about it. Um, this Six, past, eight, spot-up. Yeah. This, this, in this fifth year, I put on a lot of size and they played me mm -hmm. at the four. So I was guarding, I was guarding bigs and posting mm -hmm. situations, which just isn't me whatsoever, but I had to do it in order to play. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely trying to show off my versatility and getting back to how I used to play here at Northeastern where I'm handling the ball more, I'm using pick and rolls, not screening, you know, I'm driving to the basket, I'm shooting pull-ups, like I'm, I'm doing a little bit of everything which I'm capable of doing, yeah. but I just couldn't show it in order to end. Yeah, and um, I, I hang out around the gym a lot, I've gotten to see you train a few times, yep. um, I'm not gonna lie to you, I didn't watch a lot of Notre Dame, mm -hmm. but when I did some research for today, started watching the highlights, I'm like, oh, they have him in the dunker spot? I, yeah, yeah. I watched this guy yeah, yeah. on his handle, and yeah, yeah, yeah. he's pulling threes, he's yeah. keeping up, like, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was a shock to see, um, and, and I don't want to throw any disrespect to mm -hmm. whoever picks the roles, but yeah, I, I, I was kind of stunned to see the positions you were put in, and um, what I know your skill set to be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's all in depends on you know how you view it as my coach at Notre Dame he probably had a lot of guards who do, mm-hmm. who do what I want to do and they thought and he thought they were better than me right. so he put them in positions to showcase their skills and then he was like okay where does Nick fit yeah. he can do all this stuff but I want him to do this you know what I mean you got to play a role and you got to you got to do what your coach wants but as you obviously just said like I'm capable of doing so much more and I, that's what I'm kind of going to show at Notre Dame at Northeastern been there for five years comes it's up like come back <laughs> Northeastern <laughs> Nick I'm excited to, I'm excited to see how it goes this year I'm definitely going to watch Northeastern basketball we're all Appreciate we're it. all checking it out and let's touch base at the end yes, of the year sir. and see how it goes and all the best okay thank you for having me I appreciate your time.